So, Doug, I'm uh, back finally after a lengthy hiatus. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Not really. Nothing much. Just uh, Baseball Hall of Fame induction. Nets won a bunch of games in a row. And then uh, A-Rod also got suspended. Oh. Yeah. What is it we do in the offseason again? Everybody and welcome to this edition of the Yes Men. As always, I'm Lou DePetra. To my left, Doug Williams. And yes, I am back behind the mic after a holiday and then illness-related hiatus. You'll hear more about that in a little bit. It's actually a fantastic story. In which, and uh, now that he's doing better, we can we can laugh about it. We can laugh about it. And Doug, uh, fantastically hosting last week's episode by himself. Thank you. Thank you. All alone. It was a little lonely. I had uh, Doug Kide to keep me company, but... Uh, you know, it's an interesting. It's really an interesting thing. I did it in college a little bit. It's legitimately talking for that amount of time straight. It sort of makes you wonder how. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there, and a lot of them are hosted by one person. Yeah. And unless it's something like a radio show, like when you know one of ESPN's guys do their pod, you know, their radio show, and it turns into a podcast, kind of makes you wonder how, how I don't know, just how they don't get bored of themselves. Yeah, the the funny thing is also like you know I, I don't mean to sound like I'm like an egomaniac, but I don't usually get bored by myself. That's not the 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 problem. Um, I, I would say the issue is it, that you one person can't have all the knowledge in the world, and one person can't have all the opinions in the world. So like when you and I host it together, I'll say one thing and you'll say another. Like if I say one thing about Kevin Garnett, you'll have something to say about Kevin Garnett that I hadn't thought of. Right. And then you know you can't have a battle of an, you can't have an argument by yourself, or else you're kind of a crazy person. Um, so there are a lot of reasons why it's nice to have a co-host, unless so. you're number one. Unless, you yeah. unless you're number one. Unless you're... Uh, you're number one. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things I did uh, did sort of miss was a little bit of the A-Rod um, intrigue, I guess. And we found out on Saturday that Alex will miss the entirety of 2014. 162-game suspension plus the playoffs. Oddly enough, because of that wording, he still gets paid like $3 million this year because they have to cover the off days during the season. The league year runs 183 days, I believe. So he's still so you just getting said, paid. You just said he he he's getting paid three million for his off days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, <laughs> so he's forget making about my, the suspension. That's yeah. just kind of absurd. He's making my lifetime earnings times about three just for the days his team wouldn't be doing anything. No. It's a very very nice gig if you can get it right. Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah, he's getting. I think it's about one seventh, one eighth, something like that, in, in that general range of his salary is still being paid. Uh, this year, but now the Yankees know that they definitely need a full year, quote unquote, stopgap at third base. Uh, and interestingly enough, one of the Yankees' uh, assistant general managers, Billy Epler, one of the player development guys, um, apparently said during either a conference call or an interview I, I read somewhere that they're willing to, and this was the quote unquote, go to war with what they have in the system, meaning they're not going to go out and make a splash in free agency or necessarily a trade for a guy like Chase Headley. They're going to. It's minor league deals and guys in the system now, and that's who's playing third base this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there are any guys out there at third base to make a splash. I mean, I guess you would make be making a splash if you went out and got mm-hmm. Chase Headley, but considering the year he had last year, I'm not sure he'd be much better at third base than a Mark Reynolds. Uh, and if you sign a Mark Reynolds, you're certainly not making a splash because he played for the team last year. And remember, you know, here's the thing. There are a lot of free agents left. A lot. And, there are. and not only guys that are, you know, well-known, like Nelson Cruz and, um, you know, Matt Garza and, of course, Tanaka, but also guys like Mark Reynolds and Michael Young, guys that 
either are going to have to make the decision, yeah, sure, I'll take a minor league deal, or yeah, sure, I'll take a deal for like a million dollars, or they're not going to work. They're not going to make any money because it's we're starting to get we're, we're a month away from preseason, or I should say spring training, and they need to find a job. And so some of these guys are going to need to swallow their their pride a little bit who are in the lower echelon of free agents. And maybe, you know, we heard that the Yankees only offered Reynolds a, a minor, minor league, league deal. deal. So that might go up now that the, the A-Rod suspension is out or – that might stay that way, and Reynolds will just say, "You know what? Screw it. I got to take the deal." See, the minor league deal is kind of a <clears throat> it's kind of a jack of all trades for teams because they can sign guys that they think might compete for a job, but then they have them. You know, Dan Johnson last year is one of those guys that was on a minor league deal, and he came into spring training kind of looking for that lefty bench role, maybe. Then Tex got hurt, and it was like, "Oh, you know, maybe he wins the first base job." First base went to a lefty all year anyway, and while over Bay, but Johnson hit. I think he got two hits in spring training. I mean, he was awful. But he spent the entire year at AAA. Like, if something happened to Lyle Overbay to the point where he was incapacitated for a long time, it probably would have been Dan Johnson's job. Crushed a lot of home runs and then finally left in late August because he got a you know an offer for the Orioles to go, and they promised him a 40-man spot, I guess, and he came up a little bit in September. Guys like that are infinitely valuable. The problem with that is I would imagine it almost seems, especially for a guy like Reynolds who's, you know, 30-ish, it's it's sort of that last step down to where, you know, this is all you're capable of getting. Like, this is where your career is now that they want to bring you in on a on minimum minor league salary. Like, you're not, you're not a guaranteed bona fide major leaguer anymore. And I imagine that's probably a bigger hit to someone's ego than they would imagine. Right. That's why, that's why I use the phrase swallow your pride because right. it, it can't be easy. And I'm not here to say, you know, Mark Reynolds, swallow your pride, dude. Like – you're not a starter in baseball. Man like, up inside. Yeah. So I'm not saying that because Mark Reynolds has been a really, really good player in his career. And he, the Yankees really liked him. And he liked being a Yankee last year. And he was great for the Yankees so the last I, two months. Yeah. I was surprised they only offered him a minor league deal. I thought that would have been a good idea for a guy like Kevin Euclid, who, you know, let the Yankees down significantly last season. It was coming yeah. off back surgery. But for Mark Reynolds, I mean, the guy has a great glove. And he can hit 30 home runs. So it's amazing that that kind of skill set only warrants a minor league deal. Yeah, and the thing about that is, too, is like you look at guys like Vlad Guerrero and Tejada who have signed, you know, major superstars who have ended up signing minor league deals in their last couple of years. You know, maybe Guerrero couldn't hack it. The guy's been in the majors for 15 years, and then it's it's a lot different riding buses between Scranton and Akron and, you know, various other minor cities than it is flying first class from Seattle to Los Angeles to New York to wherever you're playing. It's a completely different lifestyle. And remember, I mean... Which those, has to affect you on the field as well. Those are two guys that made a lot of money during their career. So at a certain <clears> point, it doesn't end up being about making more money. It's about people can't let go of the game. Right. And we've... That's I understandable. Mean, that's something that everybody knows of it that exists in sports. I mean, Brett Favre could never let go of football, and he played until he was like 60. Guys don't like the feeling of sitting on their couch and they don't care if they need more money it's not about that it's about continuing to play the game so we've gone on a little tangent but you know i agree i i think the yankees need another infielder i i don't here's the thing they have plenty it's not about the number. I mean, they have Eduardo Nunez. You did the Niner yesterday yeah. with the list of guys that they could have. Yep, yeah, which is on YesNetwork.com right now. Cheap luck. Yep. And um, so 
Scott Sizemore, they just signed him the other day. They have Eduardo Nunez. They have Brendan Ryan. They have Kelly Johnson. They have Brian Roberts. That seems like a lot of infielders with the inclusion of Derek Jeter. So it's not in terms of numbers, but a guy like Eric Chavez, who I know isn't an option, but a guy like that, he was very valuable two years ago. It's guys that, you know, I can't promise you a starting job, but it'll be good to have you on the team. If you remember in February that year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and and again, re-signed. Like they were re-signed late. He well, I don't a, remember, but you have the brain. He was, that he was a very late that. addition to that roster uh, on that deal. Um, but this may also be the year. You know, last year you saw a lot of with with a rod out, Euclid not playing every day during the spring. They had a lot of time, especially rotating guys at first base. Euclid was playing over there. You got a lot of looks at guys like Corbin Joseph and and Ronnie or Mastillier, and neither of them will start. No, but this could be one of those years where you look at one of those guys, and if they have a really hot spring training and, say, Eduardo Nunez, who has a minor league option, doesn't, is it maybe, you know, Joseph might be a little too close for comfort to Johnson because he's a left-handed hitter with a little bit of power. Um, And he plays second base as well. So, I mean, he's pretty much Kelly Johnson light, I guess. But a guy like Mustillier, you know, he's been raking in the minors for a couple years. He had a, a bit of a rough year last year, but the injury at the end of spring training, I think, really hurt him. Uh, more than anyone kind of let on or anyone really thought would. But if he has another monster spring and he's a guy that can, you know, play right field in a pinch, especially with guys DHing and they rotating outfielders and if they trade Ichiro and this and that and the other thing, this could be the year where somebody like that wins a roster spot. He may play 60 games and may get, you know, 150 at bats. But this may be the year where he, a guy like him wins a roster spot because – He's the best option for one year. I think they're going to want to look at a guy with major league experience. And I, you know, oh, I, agree, I thought but... it was interesting in your Niner. You said that, you know, Scott Sizemore before he, you know, in 2011 had better numbers than Scott Brocious did with the A's before he came <clears throat> to the Yankees. Yeah, and you and, see what Scott Brocious did, World Series MVP. Right. So it is interesting to remember that the great Yankee teams of the past have had guys like Scott Sizemore, you know, playing every day. You don't need a star or a fallen star at every position to compete. Uh, I do think that they made they may have looked at Scott Sizemore as a guy that, let's say Brian Roberts stays healthy, righty-lefty combo with Kelly Johnson at third base. Yep. So, you know, the Roberts A-Rod's, misses a few games. You move Roberts to uh, Roberts Johnson the second. Right. And go. So here's the thing. A lot of us knew that this A-Rod thing might happen. I mean, everybody knew that there was a chance of it happening, a suspension. We didn't know how long it would be. Even knowing that, I'm a little bit more uh, – I don't know how to how to say this exactly, but I'm more su- – I'm surprised at how kind of curious I am to see who's going to play third base. I, I've, I hadn't thought about it that way. I kind of – I didn't – insert A-Rod into the lineup at third base when I was thinking about what this lineup would look like because the suspension might happen. But it is kind of like, oh, wow, we don't have A-Rod. You still sort of held out hope right. until it was officially right. official that he – I mean, you knew he was going to be gone. Right. But until someone said, yes, he's gone, you still had that hope in the back of your mind, huh, maybe he gets 50 games, maybe he gets 65, maybe he's back by the All-Star break. Who knows? And now this, we know he's not. This A-Rod story, I mean, there is so much to it. I don't know if I've ever had a, seen a story in sports that has more – aspects to it or opinions that you could possibly have or judges and lawyers and arbiters so here's what i would say though this guy loves baseball and he would he would be in good enough shape to be a good hitter in the yankee lineup next year if he if he weren't suspended so they are losing a a pretty good hitter at this point in his career a guy that would you know was kind of a spark plug for a little winning streak they had last year um he is a very good player when healthy still. Yep. And, you know, 
for the people that are worried about what he's going to be like when he comes back in 2015. But if he's in a lineup with McCann, Teixeira is back to form. Um, Beltran is still Beltran in a couple years. Ellsbury is back to form. I mean, if he's got to be the fifth or sixth option on the team, he's not the player he was. He hasn't been the player he was in his prime for the last four or five years. Just look at his numbers. But if he's the fifth or sixth option in that lineup instead of the number one marquee cleanup hitter, he's still a pretty darn dangerous guy. And it's so hard to imagine this guy that we hear so much in the news actually on the field. And that's why last year was so crazy was all these off-the-field stories, and then boom, he's on the field in Chicago. It's like, wow, he is a baseball player. He's not a celebrity that that doesn't do anything like a Kardashian. He's a baseball player. That's that's what, that's he, what he does, does. for a living. So. You know, remember to think about this story also in terms of baseball. That's kind of why Lou and I wanted to talk about this because it does have ramifications for the Yankees on the field product. And and in the end, that's really the most important thing, other you know, other than just the life of one guy. So, yep. And um, the payroll, too. I mean, with the 189 goal, you know, that's a huge salary off the books. But does it mean the Yankees will go splurge on Tanaka? Or does it mean that they're going to try to stick with where they're at and, and stick under that 189? Stay tuned to Yes Men to find out. <laughs> Stay tuned um, to the Yes Network and the Yankees in general to yeah. find out, I guess. So speaking of A-Rod, Lou, um, Lou and I have been talking about you know starting some segments on this show. And, you know, ways to kind of, you know, learn something about us or, you know, to, to bring us something interesting, an interesting little dynamic that we didn't have before. And one of the things we thought about doing is, like, craziest story from the weekend. And, um, which Lu- these which, days yeah. for me is like I went to Home Depot yeah. and bed down. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I didn't know I, I would have time. Although, wait as, wait as my wedding approaches even further, then I'll be like, craziest story of the weekend is I actually got to sleep. Yeah, see, so. like, knowing that I'm 22 <laughs> and I live in, you know, well, actually, you'll get to where I live in just a second. But knowing that I'm 22 years old, just out of college, you probably think that I had an interesting life? No. No. Not at all. So uh, my crazy story, I'll go first because it has to do with A-Rod. I, on Saturday, um, well, you should know, I I am kind of the breaking news person at Yes. So I'm technically a production assistant, but I'm the only breaking news producer uh, in this department. So I'm the only one in the whole network that's kind of in charge of breaking news. The guy and the guy behind the guy. Right. So I can promote myself whenever I want. So that's the best part. So here's the thing. Saturday, I'm uh, in the car and I'm moving. I'm moving from out of my parents' home, six months too late, and I am moving into Manhattan. And uh, I'm in a car with uh, my mom, my mom's friend, my dad, and we're, we're just driving in. And uh, as I'm doing a U-turn on, on my street to put my car right in front of the apartment to start moving in, I, I got news that, you know, A-Rod had been suspended. And, and if you work at the Yankees network, that's a big deal because he's a Yankees player. Absolutely. I had – we pulled in and I, I, I said, I'm sorry, guys. I have to go to Stanford. It, it, it was, I have to do my duty. And it ended up working out very well for me, Lou. I took the car. I drove to Stanford. And by the time I had gone to Stanford and the news was broke and the ticker was good and everything like that, I drove back and my bed was made, my bags were unpacked, my kitchen supplies were in drawers, like my silverware had been assorted. It was so great. It worked out so nicely for me. I can't imagine it working out any better than that. This is one of those things, too. This is weird. Like, you're the breaking news guy, which is, you know, I I know people I've worked with in the past have been 
so I guess for them it was laziness that they just have a voiceover studio in their house so they can post-record – when I worked at WWE, so they could post-record things. I, I'm kind of amazed you don't have a breaking news studio in your parents' house now that the world knows who you are after watching JCTV. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have one of those like in the basement. Like it's no. just you know a mock no. set. We don't have like a little like uh, dresser with like pictures, like random pictures and football helmets like Adam Schefter. <laughs> we don't have that. And see, I, I think I think I could <clears throat> use that. I don't have room in my apartment considering it's a shoebox hmm. that I just moved into. So – you know, I, I think that would be cool, but no, I've never had it. No, although anyone who watches, who's ever seen your dad on Letterman or Fallon or any of those kind of shows knows he's not that, not that kind of guy. No, wouldn't be that kind of guy. So no. he's not, a, he's not a hardo. So, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a perfect word to yeah. describe it. Um, um, so Lou, yeah. So my story from the weekend is actually from last weekend. It's and it's why Doug had to host the podcast himself last week. It's, grab whatever you're sitting on and, and hold on tight for this one, everybody. <laughs> this, we, this is. This hope is you're wacky. not squeamish. So. I um I went out a couple weekends ago to celebrate a friend's birthday. We went out to an establishment. You get that, a little uh, wasted. You go. You get some drinks in there. I, I had a couple. Of, I had a couple of adult beverages, but I was not uh, wasted. Um, we had a couple beers, had some dinner, watched the football. It was wild card weekend, so we were watching the football games. I'm gonna eat doing your job. Doing so, you're just doing your job. Yeah. So point. I was out celebrating the fact that they made the playoffs. By the way, bye Eagles. Yeah, bye. Son, <laughs> thanks. Sunday morning, I'm good. Monday morning, 6.45 a.m., I bolt out of bed. I had been feeling that feeling for a good hour. I bolt out of bed. My fiancé comes running in, and he's like, are you okay? And I just – there's okay. yeah. an oral pyrotechnic oh, display boy. of epic proportions. Oh, All right. And I'm like, I don't – and it tasted like the night before his dinner. Oh, You know dude. that feeling where it's like, oh. No, dude. So. So I'm not feeling well. I'm like, oh, God, I feel awful. I've had some stomach issues in the past, so I'm like, oh, God, I hope I'm not getting sick, whatever. Turns out, pretty sure based on how I felt over the next couple days that it was food poisoning from this Saturday night because a couple of my friends also got sick. And then one of me, my friend's brother said he knew another guy that was at the same place that night that also got sick. So oh, wow. Very possible that it was kind of an isolated case of we got some tainted meat or something. Either way, point being, I would have absolutely been back at work probably Wednesday at the latest, except for. <laughs> and I, th- th- by the way, just to, just so we're all clear, I did not know this. I thought that Lou was out for three days with like the worst stomach bug ever. So nobody knew this at yes. No, until we I just came all in and thought, told them yeah, all yeah, yeah. This is great. It's so. sort of embarrassing. So I wanted to mention it in person instead of over email. Like, hey, I'm taking a sick day. <laughs> so Monday afternoon, I, I hadn't you know ate much, drank much. I slept pretty much all day. I get up, go into my kitchen to grab some water and like a banana, like something maybe to settle my stomach. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I feel a little lightheaded. And I just leaned over my kitchen table on a chair just for a second to gather my bearings. The next thing I know, I don't know how much time had passed. I wake up. My elbow is throbbing. My head hurts. I'm laying with my head under the other table in my kitchen. The banana's halfway across the room. I apparently passed out and gave myself a concussion from wow. hitting my head on something, either the chair or the table. If there was ever one of those times where you wish you had a movie of your life and can see moments back. The Truman that, Show. That's it because I'd like to know exactly what happened except for the fact that I went to the doctor the next day and like I'm like, I'm having trouble focusing on things. And he gives me the test. He's like, yeah, you're not doing so well up there in the brain department. I couldn't drive. 
for three days. God. Until I went back to the doctor on Wednesday night, and he was like, all right, you're good. I'm sorry about how funny that is. It's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. It's hilarious. Well, because we're both fans of The Office, and I just have this picture of Dwight. Dwight typing his name a thousand times on his computer when he's concussed. Like, he's just typing Dwight, 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 Dwight. And then he dri- – because he drives into that pole and then he raises his hand in a meeting and they mm-hmm. call on him and he just looks up at his hand like, why did I just raise that? No, let's be let's be fair. There is nothing funny about concussion. No, not, not at all. Is, not but, at all. But in this case, we can laugh about it now because I'm okay. I'm okay now, obviously. But this is my life. This is the excitement that is my life is that I'm apparently not capable of standing up when I'm ill. So Lou – And so I missed four days or three days of work. Lou was knocking himself out literally and I was moving. So we live pretty exciting lives. I can't remember the last time that I like went out leisurely to have a good time. I, I just – I do. It was the Saturday before I ended up concussing <laughs> myself and it's probably going to be the last one for a while. So – all right, that does it for a crazy story from the weekend. I'm I'm thinking maybe we'll get a little like guy crazy stories from the weekend, like a little like, like you know what I mean? Some like, kind of cool like yeah, a little like, animation. I, I was gonna say yeah, animation, but since we're audio podcast, I don't yeah, know. I don't but, know. You know, you some know kind what? of Let's some kind of technical. voice clip. Yeah, whatever. Um, next segment though, and this is gonna be a new one that we. This do. leads into this leads into where we are. It's it's stock up, stock down. Yeah. Um, and it leads into, you know, the, my first full day back at work was Barkley Center for Nets Heat. And congratulations, the Nets beat the Heat again. Second time this year at Barkley Center, they've beaten them. It was a, another close victory, this time in double OT, although the Heat didn't score <laughs> in the second overtime. So the point of stock up, stock down is a team that is on its way up and a team that's on its way down. And the team that's on its <laughs> way up, we thought – why not include both the Nets and Knicks? Because they've both played much better basketball of late. Yep. Um, it's combined, they're eleven and three. Now they've in two thousand fourteen. Right. So they've lost their their last two games each. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, sorry, their last they've lost their last game each, total of two. But they're both playing a lot better, and they've both kind of made it so that it's still possible that they get to around five hundred in about yep. a month or so. Yeah, I mean the Nets their five wins this year, Oklahoma City, Atlanta, Golden State, Miami are four of them and Cleveland is the other one. I mean, that's a pretty good lineup. They wait, beat wait, what do you mean you're their five wins? Oh this in two thousand fourteen, yeah. Okay. That's a pretty good lineup. I mean last year they started two thousand thirteen, you know, the same road trip San Antonio OKC around New Year's and they they beat OKC badly at the uh, the Thunderdome, as I like to call it. But, uh, you know, they started this year off again with that and just kept rolling. Now they play Atlanta and London on Thursday. Um, is their last game before the next Nets-Knicks matchup, this one at Madison Square Garden on, on Martin Luther King Day. Totally uh, ADD idea here. Just to- quick just question. Just run with it. You watched the 60 Minutes from last weekend? I did. Did you see the piece after the A-Rod piece about people with, like, memories that, like... I did not because I only watched the A-Rod piece. I'm not that old yet that I'm watching 60 Minutes, like, all the way through. Okay. All right. Uh, You know, you don't have to be ancient to do that. I I did that. I do watch Wheel of Fortune, though. Okay. So what the story was about, really quick, I won't go long, was about people that uh, have the kind of memory where you can say, uh, June 18th, 1994, what were you doing? And they could say, it was a Tuesday... Uh, I overslept my alarm like crazy. Like vivid memories, not just like that was the day of the like Rangers no, no, parade yeah, and yeah. OJ vivid Simpson memories, and all that? Okay. Vivid yeah. memories of 
a totally random day. And they, is that the day, June eighteenth? I don't remember the exact date. No, but that sounds no, like it would be like I don't know. I, it I was, made that Nate. It out was of, one of those days in mid June. I made that the Rangers totally, parade. Okay, so anyway, um, vivid memories. Vivid memories, and not only can they remember what day it was, they can also bring back the feelings that they had. So, like, if your dog dies one year. The next year, on that day, you don't need to be reminded. You feel like it when you wake up. So, well, you know, is there a is. chance? Is there a chance that you have like half of that with your memory? Because your memory is gold. It's very possible. And I was afraid that one of the side effects of my concussion was that I was going to forget oh, random no. stupid things. You wouldn't be. Yeah, you no, wouldn't be yourself. I wouldn't be myself. No, but no, I, I do have that, uh, and it's very selective. And some of my friends who will probably be listening to this podcast will tell you that, like, I know the. For instance, this is going to make me sound really dorky, but I'm going with it. I know the match order from WrestleMania three, like backwards and forwards, because I've seen it so many times. Because it's one of it's the show that got me into WWE. Right? I couldn't really tell you what I had for dinner last Thursday, unless it was like epic. You know, like oh, we went out to this Italian restaurant near our house, and the veal parm's amazing. Like that, yes. Couldn't tell you that, but I can remember things like that. You know, like it like it literally was yesterday. So I'm sure I do. I mean, I've always been that way. As yeah, a kid. you're not like one of those like freakish people that can remember days, mm-hmm. but like you are the the kind of person where like if I let, let me ask you just to totally a lot re- of it is product knowledge. Let me, let me let me just clarify that a lot of that like you know you tell me I have the historical brain for the Yankees. This is my job. So to me, that's product knowledge. Just like when I worked at Foot Locker when I was in college, I knew exactly everything that was needed to know about Jay Z's shoes. Right, but a lot of people them. can't do that. Right, like a lot of people, a lot of people at the right. a lot of people at the Yes Network don't know what couldn't say off the top of their head what team mm-hmm. Scott Brosius played for before he went, was a Yankee. Oakland. Yeah. Right. A lot of people. Uh, I looked that up, but yeah, I, I, I get where you're going with that. Yeah. So like. Because – well, actually, let me let me explain that because the thought came in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Sizemore played for the A's. Here were his numbers. I'm like, Brocious played for the A's before – let me look up his numbers. So I did look up the actual point, but right. the thought came in my head like, wait a minute. This would be a right. good correlation. And like you have the – I mean I, mm-hmm. I think it's a gift because in, in, in your case, it's not – doesn't get in the way of anything. Like these people on 60 Minutes, it kind of got in the way. Anyway right. – Makes you a little socially awkward, I'm sure, too. Like, because right. you'll just remember things and people are like, what? Right. And I think yeah. they're kind of annoying to be around because they're like, it'll be like, uh, let's have a meeting on June 18th. And this one woman, <laughs> I think, is the kind of person that is like, oh, June 18th. Like, that w- that day last year, like, we walked the dog outside on the beautiful park. And it was like, like you know. And you're like, like yeah, who cares? Yeah, you're who like, cares I then, don't care. Now. I don't care. Um, so, Nets and the Knicks stock up. Um, the Nets. It's Way funny. to bring that one all the way back around. Yes, totally. That was good. Um, the Nets are without Darren Williams and without Brooke Lopez, and for some reason have kind of, uh, I don't know if they've, I said in our video podcast from Barclays Center before the heat, I said that there's something about the way that, they, you know, they are using the injuries as motivation now instead of wallowing in, in the despair of losing these players. So they've changed. Their attitude as a team has changed, and it looks good for them. Sean Livingston had a career game against the Heat. I mean, he played 50-plus minutes, had a double-double. No one can guard him, especially on a team like the Heat. Who's going to guard him? Norris Cole? And I, you know, and I, I have to, this is where one of the things I have to admit where I was wrong. I've said in the past that Sean Livingston's a great backup point guard and that he's good to play 20 minutes a game and that's about it. And he played 50 fantastic minutes against the Heat. He played so really well. I, I was wrong on that. The point I'm going to make about it is this, and I'm not going to say anything bad about anyone on the Nets, but I'm going to sort of slag them in general slightly. Remember the point you made about 20 minutes ago saying that 
the Yankees teams of the dynasty era had guys like Scott Sizemore playing big roles and it wasn't a team full of superstars. Look at the Brooklyn Nets roster on paper. It's a team full of superstars. They didn't do well together. A couple guys are out. A couple of role players have to fill in, do some dirty work. Reggie Evans getting some playing time. Livingston stepping up. Look what's happening. They're winning. That's true. That's Living a good proof. point. That's Living a very proof. good point. Living proof exactly of the point you just made earlier in this podcast. Really quick, Lou. Let's do quick NFL picks because we don't mm-hmm. have a lot of time to talk about it, but I want to see just And let's see, does, does the Final Four really need anything? It's Brady versus Manning on one side and Kaepernick versus Russell Wilson on the like. It's oh, been it's talked about so ad nauseum. Great. Yeah, ad nauseum. They, so they've played twice. We don't need to analyze it. You, you know, <clears throat> we can't say any more that than what you would normally hear. Uh, let's go. First game: New England at Denver. New England. Peyton, May- I, I'm sorry. I watch, I was watching Sports Center this morning, and I'll give Antonio Pierce and Mark Brunel the, the credit for this. They both said the same thing. I would. One game on the line, especially when it's a championship. Peyton Manning's a notorious choker in the playoffs. I don't care that it's in Denver. Tom Brady doesn't care this in Denver. Look at that team Tom Brady has. It was garbage earlier in the year. They got 12 wins out of it, and they're one more win away from the Super Bowl at Giant Stadium, which would be the ultimate revenge. I agree with I'm you. Going, I'm going bats. I agree with you, but I think Denver wins. I don't think this New England team is talented enough. <clears throat> if Denver focuses on stopping the run, even if they allow you know 80 yards on 20 carries, that's a success. If they limit the run, no chance New England wins. Without weapons like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, I don't know how they're going to score in the red zone. Especially, you know, it's going to be cold in Denver. The key is running the football. If New England runs really well, I think they win. Yep. I think I think Denver will end up winning. They have so many weapons. Uh, San Francisco, Seattle, I'll pick first this time. I think San Francisco uh, wins. I think they're the best team in the NFL by far. Uh, I doubt I doubted Seattle last week. I picked New Orleans to beat them. Um, I just think San Francisco is all around the most talented team in the NFL. I'm 100% with you on that. New Orleans showed last week that winning in Seattle, even though they didn't do it, is not as hard as everyone thinks it is. The Cardinals proved that. The Cardinals proved it, and then, you know, New Orleans did the same thing. San Francisco knows what they need to do. They're looking for – this is their third straight NFC championship game, and they're looking for their second straight trip to the Super Bowl. They know what they need to do. They've knocked off two teams that were, quote-unquote, better than them. You know, I mean, the Packers, let's be fair, maybe not, but the Panthers were, you know, Panthers were a better team. Previous season record says that they knocked them off in Carolina. I think they can do it, and I think we're I, I think we're going to get Pat's Niners in Giant Stadium in the Super Bowl, which is about as if the Giants aren't in it. I think it's about as good of a Super Bowl as you can get in terms of market and marketability. I think it's going to be Denver, uh, mm-hmm. San Fran. I think it's going to be about forty-five to forty in the Super Bowl, but. We'll see what happens. I just hate that I'm going to say this now so when it happens, people don't hate me that I've thought this way for a long time. Given all that's happened to him from the New York Giants in the last five years, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl in Giants Stadium is the ultimate middle finger to the Giants fan base. Well, we'd also if that happens. We'd also have two championships that he doesn't have. True. So we're still up one, that, and we don't. We didn't play him. That scenario would also make Bill Belichick the winningest head coach in postseason I honestly history. don't. Away from as a Giants fan, Lou, I'll disagree with you. I do not care if he wins the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. It makes no difference to me. Because that, that stadium, like, okay, it's in our stadium, but it's not against us. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, with all the hate directed at Tom Brady, like, it's it's definitely – I think it's definitely a little bit bigger of a story than you do if all that right. were to happen. We'll see. I mean, we'll find out. He might not even make it there. It might be the story of, you know, it's either Brady going for the Super Bowl in his number one NFC nemesis's home stadium or Peyton doing it where his little brother does it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a cool storyline either way depending on who makes it from the AFC. That's true. 
Uh, so with that, we're out of time. We didn't even get to the White Sox uh, rooming list that surfaced on the internet earlier uh, this week, which is kind of kind of tough because I'd love to talk about Rooster Cogburn and uh, Ricky Bobby a little bit, but I guess we're going to have to table that discussion. We'll have to maybe do an overtime podcast or something. Um, but that's what we are. We're over time. So we are going to wrap it up uh, for Doug Williams. I'm Lou DiPietro. We'll be back next week with a little bit of uh, NFL Super Bowl pre preview, I guess. I don't know, since there's two weeks, along with various other things. And we'll talk Nets, Knicks, and the Nets trip to London, and it'll be a, a good time. And maybe, uh, maybe I'll hurt myself, and Doug will move again. Who knows? Until then, though, he's Doug. I'm Lou. We're out. Thanks for listening.